Sidetrack. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Sidetrack. We love all of your support and feedback on our podcast so far. Thank you very much. And sorry for the delay of episode two. We've been super duper busy. Yeah, sorry. And but today we got a captivating tale that explores culture, lifestyle differences, and the unique journey of living in the West as an Asian student. And today we not only have one special guest, but two with us to share their remarkable stories. Say hi to Ali and Z. Hi, I'm Ali. I'm a second year psychology student at Saint Andrews, and I grew. I was born, and I was also raised in Singapore, and so I've only been living in the UK for the past one year or so. Hi, I'm Z, and I'm a second year economics student at the University of Saint Andrews. I was born in Liverpool, actually, but I lived in Guangzhou for nine years of my life, and then also lived in Birmingham for nine years of my life, and then in Scotland for one year of my life. Anyways, I'm just a chaotic uh, completion of everything. <laughs> but yes, that's me. Hi. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. So I guess today it will be a really interesting. Um, conversation between the four of us because we all grew up in different backgrounds. Um, although we, I think, all identify sorry identify as Asian, I guess. Banana. But well, well, we're all Chinese. We're all Chinese. <laughs> yeah. um, but we've had very. Di- it's the red blood in me. <laughs> it's the red blood. <laughs> um, it, it's the communist blood, actually. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so maybe we could start off with talking about some of the our, s- the similarities and differences between the culture back home and the culture in the UK. Well, I feel like growing up in China, we've always been taught to be like humble. Like you have to be like very, very like, even if you're like really good at something, you have to like, you know, stay humble and like pretend you're not. But I feel like after like coming, like living in Birmingham, having lived in Birmingham for like so long, I feel like sometimes you just needs to be a little bit of a narcissist and just like <laughs> have that confidence in you because if not, sometimes you miss out on so much opportunities and when people like bring up the subjects and like, you know, something that you're actually good at, you don't have the confidence to speak up to yourself. So that's like the one main thing that I think I've picked up from the UK. I think I think Asian culture in general really emphasizes on introvertedness. Yeah. You know, a lot of Asian mm. are quite introverted. Obviously, mm. it's extroverted ones, yeah. yeah. i.e. people here, obviously. I think for me, it was a little different because Singapore is a very westernized country. So growing up, I did consume pretty much the same kind of media that, you that you know, um, a lot of British people and American people did. So in terms of adjusting to that when I came here, it wasn't too difficult. But very, I'm very obviously Asian amongst the sea of Caucasians. <laughs> <laughs> so that just stands out a lot for me. Well, okay. So, Lewis, you mentioned the term banana. Um, banana. banana, yeah. <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna perhaps go into some further explanation of what that means? Well, banana is my favorite fruit. <laughs> no, no, no. It, <laughs> it basically means that you are yellow on the outside, yellow as in you're Asian on the outside, but like white in the inside. Um, so you so it's, a, it's just saying that you're whitewashed in a sense. Um, but it also like symbolizes you have experienced both of the culture. Uh, in terms of the West and the East, and you can see, you can be open-minded and explore both of the territories freely, and um, and sometimes give you your own opinions on subjects related to um, the world. 
So do you, would you guys identify as bananas then? Yeah, I'm quite proudly a banana, but I'm also not very proud of it at the same time because when my parents refer to me as a banana, they also like to mock my my inability to be properly bilingual because <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> shit at Mandarin, by the oh way. If you ask me to read traditional Chinese, it's a no. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, I can't read traditional Chinese either. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Wait, you guys, uh, Lewis is about to flex. Do you know? Do you know? <laughs> Do you know how I learned traditional Chinese? It's like the most like stupid way of doing it. Oh, was it through like TV series? It was through TV series and a card game called Yu-Gi-Oh. Everything in that card game is in traditional Chinese, and I need to read the text like to to understand what it actually does. That's how I learned traditional Chinese, which is a bit unconventional, um, but it, it helps a lot. You know, like you know, going to Hong Kong, like places like that, they use traditional quite quite often, and it's just a. I think for me also, like being a banana, just kind of at least when my parents use it to mock my <laughs> poor Mandarin skills, oh it also kind of just tells me that I'm not very in touch with my own roots, and so I feel a bit guilty in that sense. If you get yeah, do, do, Z, do you feel that kind of guilt sometimes of well, not identifying to just one culture? Well, not really, because like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if I identify myself as a banana, but like because when I was when I moved from Guangzhou to Birmingham, compared to the other Asian friends amongst me at that time, they were all raised in the UK for like their whole life. So I was quite, I was like the most Asian one, like if you can yeah. be like level judging it. But then I guess like, I'm definitely like influenced cause like this summer going back in China, there was like a little bit of a cultural shock after five years yeah, 100%. being in the UK. It was like, everyone just coming up to me. Oh, you look so Westernized. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't <laughs> think, I was like, I didn't thought my face changed, but okay. Lewis, you also came to uh, China over the summer. Do you want to share a bit about your experiences then? I did actually. I, I went back to China. I got deported actually. Not <laughs> no, I went back for to China for like two months ish ish, because um, my my Chinese has gotten absolutely just non-existent. So you know, going back, learn all my all my Asian cultures. You know, practice my Chinese cuisines. Uh, come back fresh banana. You know. Fresh banana. <laughs> uh, but China is actually amazing. It has. Um, well, last time I was there was like five, six, five years ago before COVID. So after five years, it, it, it certainly is a shock, uh, culture shock. So you, yeah, you you mentioned this culture shock, um, but like, what exactly does this culture shock entail? And like, to what extent did you feel this? Was it like a very strong shock to you, or um, was it something just that you can see past or see beyond? It's more like it was. It was more like an earthquake. It's that intense. <laughs> it was that intense, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. What number on the scale of the mag of the Ooh. earthquake magnitude? You know, I actually did experience an earthquake in China. I actually uh, did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I slept through it. It's like a massage here. It just vibrates a little bit and just disappears. You know. <laughs> uh, Lewis got something to say about that. Are we endorsing Ann Summers? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah. Um. It's, 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 it's like a level seven, like a seven, eight, you know, you know. Seven on the vibrator scale or on the earthquake <laughs> magnitude scale? On the Richter scale. So, like, um, what aspects of the culture shocked you? 
Ooh. Ooh. Or is this something we can't really be talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it. that. Don't say that. He slept through it, so he does want to keep it to the bedroom, you see. Oh! oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're gonna say strategy, guys. Back to topic. Back to topic. Um, but the shocking part is, um, it's really convenient. You know, there's so much like public transport. There's so much like uh, AI and like just not many like I guess humans doing some jobs, which does not like which can be done with robots and stuff. Like we stay in some hotels when when they have like little robots giving delivering you food and stuff. It's like, ooh, that's kind of cool. A bit unnecessary, but that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. What's the shock for you, Z? For me, mainly, it was like because I stayed with my grandparents because they brought they were the one who brought me up, and my parents decided to stay in the UK for the whole summer, so I just went back by myself. And I think it was like like one there was a shock of all my friends who played the piano with me since like like three to like five year old. There was like a group of us just like playing the piano and like going back. They just all told me they it was like a sweatshop. Yeah. <laughs> And they were just like, oh, we just like stopped because of academic pressures and everything. So like, obviously the stress levels in China is like mm. definitely much different to here. And then the second one I think is mainly, I got my uh, marriage talk. I, I, I had my- Oh, um, we're at that age now. Oh, we're at that age, I'm hitting 20, you know? Oh my gosh, the marriage talk And I need to start thinking about marriage <laughs> and kids. Then I think that was the other one that like really shook me. Oh, so um, can you maybe explain a bit more about the marriage talk for our Western viewers? <laughs> for our bananas. <laughs> every 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 Asian parents, I swear they all talk about this. That's something. Yeah, point. I've actually not gotten the marriage talk yet. I think my Lucky parents. You. I think my parents would prefer I not get married. No, it was. Really? Mm. Yeah. You know, kind of same actually. I think. Well, I didn't get it from my parents. My parents, I don't think they really give a shit. But um, yeah, my grandparents, because my parents got married av- like during their masters and had me during their masters. So obviously, like that's me in like four years. You, you time. are their degree. Yeah, I'm basically. <laughs> so yeah, so I had the whole like, oh, you should go look for a boyfriend now. <laughs> After three years, you should get married. Oh my God. Um, from my grandparents, but yeah. I, I like honestly, like they meant it in a nice way, but it was just like came as a shock because I was like, I didn't realize I'm considered to be this old now <laughs> in your eyes. Yeah, so um, for some reason, in Asian culture, you stop being young after like 25. I don't know what it is. No, it's like you're immature before you're 18 because you can't date before you're 18. And then, then once exactly when, when you, you when hit, hit 18, 18 you need to start, to yeah, <laughs> you need to start preparing for everything. It's yeah, true, actually, that's true. I think I think for me, culture shock is very traditional Asian international student. You're just especially. I grew up surrounded by Asians, right? A lot of the Caucasians I knew back home went to international school, and they all lived around this one area. Like all this, all the expats here who have been to Singapore know exactly which area I'm talking about. So I never really went there. Um, so I came here. I was suddenly surrounded not by Asians, and you know. Like, it was very diverse. Di- 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 bleh. The diversity, the diverse, <laughs> the diversity is quite nice, but you know it takes a while for you to realize you need you need to step out of your comfort zone in a way. So that was the kind of shock that I experienced at least. Even now, I think I'm still getting over it slowly, day by day. <laughs> very slow with it, unfortunately. But do you so like? Do you have any? I guess like remedies to get over the culture shock or. 
does it not affect you as hard um? it doesn't affect me as hard nowadays like to mm-hmm. be fair i've got like three more years for sure and i want to make the, the most out of all these years so i just need to get over myself if anything but like i understand why it can be really difficult too so we yeah i guess there is a tendency to you know lean into your comfort zone and um be more close with the friends you identify with culturally um but like so so part of that is for comfort but do you think part of that is you know for fear of either rejection or any like racism or prejudice um or have you guys experienced that before i'm pretty sure it's the fear if anything like i can understand where they what where why they think that way because i also experienced it while i was here and even though i told myself i would definitely overcome it like it's quite a pertinent thing um i've never experienced racism here but there's no zero microaggressions here whatsoever which i've been so grateful for but you know i was at a netball social last year and first year and it was the very first one i stepped into the room and besides one girl who's of African descent, and I saw, I met Zara, who's the twin of my housemate. I didn't realize that they were half Asian as well. And you know, I just thought, I was like, oh, okay, I'm the only Asian person here. And so it was, it was just very new for me, that kind of sensation. Um, feeling a bit lost, a lot of unfamiliarity, and yeah. I was actually quite fortunate. I think in my 10 years of living in the UK, um, I was fortunate in the fact that I, I have not experienced racism except for one single case which is not really a big case it was just a random girl trying to like ask about ask questions about me in which i was just really busy like ignoring her just moving on because i was at the train station catching a train in which she replied was get back to your own country which i was like damn people actually say that these days but that was only in once and i didn't really take it by heart you know i mean i kind of got thrown to the deep end when i came over when i was like nine years old there was only me the only Chinese kid in the whole school for the entirety of two years. I could not speak English. And I picked up a very strong Birmingham accent. And I went to private school after that for secondary. And then everyone started correcting my accent. But um, no, I, I've also been lucky that I didn't really experience any racism. There's like obviously that, you know, here and there, there's like the occasional, occasional <laughs> people that you just like, maybe don't do that. And um, yeah, there's also like, I mean, I, I don't take this in a bad way, but people are like, oh, you're Asian, you're Chinese, you play the piano and you do econ. That makes so much more sense. And I'm like, yeah, I am feeding into the stereotype later, but it's fine. I mean. What's about you, Yula? Um, I have actually experienced racism, although not a lot. And I don't think in St. Andrews before. Um, I was in London. I was walking um, at night, but I was with my parents after supper. And this like homeless drunk dude just you know was in the middle of the street and like blocked away it was like get back to your own country and it's like oh, he's just fucking drunk um yeah i i don't think i experience it i i, I haven't experienced it apart from that to be honest do you know what i actually have a funny case of slight racism um i was on i was in Edinburgh, just walking around and this one guy who who also kind of looks homeless just walks up to me <laughs> <laughs> who just walks up to me and was like hey do you have chinese cigarette to sell I was like, bro, at that time, I was, I was underage. I was, I was like, damn, I, do I, you assume you have this Asian Chinese cigarette to sell? In which, at that, at that time, I said, yes, I do have Chinese cigarette to sell. 
obviously like Chinese cigarette is probably known for that homeless guy to being very good then. Apparently it's cheap. He's looking for them. Apparently it's cheap. That's why people buy Chinese cigarettes. Oh, uh, I did not know that. It wouldn't be cheap in the UK. No, it wouldn't no? be cheap. Well, you don't think you can even buy it here unless you're going to the Chinese supermarkets, yeah. right? Zhongguo slay for real. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had one um, incident with racism, but not in the UK, in the US, where I was at um, Disney World and this these bunch of high school boys walked past because their school schools there like to bring their kids for like end of year stuff. Um, and they walked past me and I just heard them look back at me and they said, oh, your eyes are not that small. I was like, whoa, oh whoa. I'm like, do you want me to gouge my eyes out and present them to you? Is that big enough? <laughs> But like similarly though, like I, I brought my wife friend to China um, over the summer and and let's say that he experienced a little bit of stereotypes of him uh, from, from the Chinese people and like the Asians, you know. Like what stereotypes? Like um, he looks, he looks American and like he... Blonde hair, blue eyes. Did they throw a lo at him? They like take photos of him all the time without without his permissions. Like yeah, like a celebrity, yeah. and like go for hugs and stuff. Oh my god, I want to give him a hug. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my yeah, I I think they have it much uh, tamer than we do because it's not necessarily racism. It's just and it's like it's a bit weird. Um, but it's also because I think they don't see a lot of white people or some people might not you know see yeah, enough yeah. like westerners to be able to um like wh what do you think racism is though like where does it stem from do you think it's a lack of ed education it's a lack of um knowledge of the other people's race or culture i would say it's a lack of cultural education there's sometimes not enough resources to tell people how they're supposed to treat others you know regardless of where, what your background is. Um, I think that's pretty much lacking, especially when stereotypes are quite easily perpetuated as the guide to you know people from different backgrounds and it becomes really, really hard sometimes to tackle it. And also is the case of some, some, some history. People really consider history to be quite important and, and racism can stem from history, lack of knowledge, education, and from from family members too like from your parents if they assume that one one type of individual is harmful then they would pass on to their kids yeah it's quite a it's like a generational fault i would say <laughs> i was actually telling um lewis and Tsing outside um that on the topic of beauty standards i think the one thing i actually felt was similar you know here and back in singapore or in asia in general so i just don't fit into any of the beauty standards standards anywhere like okay, back home, I, my skin is I'm I'm quite I'm quite pasty. I'm gonna give myself that. I can, I'm quite pasty. Um, but in terms of features, I don't have like the sharp. Um, it's like the the, shirt, the, the, the sharp shape. shape. The the, I don't I don't have yeah. the yeah I don't have a very explicit V shaped jaw. And also, I'm not skinny. So like that's one thing. I come here to the UK. I don't I don't have that. I don't have a sharp nose. I don't have mm, any like Eurocentric yeah, features. Yeah. So it's just I just don't fit into beauty standards anywhere. It's a little disheartening if you think about it too much. But at the same time, it's kind of just like that's why it's made it's made my experience here a lot easier because you know I was not used to fitting into beauty standards anywhere. So in a way, I wasn't too concerned with you know having to make my like put in extra work because I just accepted it. If anything. You're also going to know beauty is subjective to individuals. That is true. That is true. It's just that I don't trust the men here. We can cut that out later. But <laughs> 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 I'm being for real here. <laughs>
What about Z? Like, well, what do you feel? Well, I feel like I feel like that was definitely like the. I'm I'm very pale. I am a bit too pale. But then you are very pale. I actually. am a bit too pale, so I don't fit in the beauty standards here because people want a tan skin tone. Oh, mm. Yeah, and um, don't know why. But when I go back to China, obviously I'm a bit too tall for like everyone around oh, me. Yeah, yeah, too po- I'm a bit too tall. So they, so they like they like they look at me. They're like, "You're not Chinese, though, are you?" I'm like. No, I am Chinese, like even from Chinese people. Are you too tall or yeah. are they just too short? Oh. Mm. Oh. oh, well, I don't know. But like, <laughs> I go home and like, I see everyone, like I see their, like the actual, like the top of their heads. Anyways, that's not an issue. <laughs> it's just like when you're on public transport and yeah. you just like tower above everyone else. <laughs> I can see everything. But um, no, I don't, th- I feel like, cause, cause I lived in the UK and China, like, half of my life like i spent half my life in china half of my life in the uk i've been like influenced by so many different beauty standards i'm kind of just like this one chaotic mess where like people actually can't figure out where i'm from so i've got the comment that i look korean i've got the comment that i look japanese i've got the comment that i I look european from people european have they ever seen a european in their life even if they're european no they actually said they were like you're you're, um uh, one of my family friends was like your features are turning european and i was like i don't think so I've had people ask whether I was Asian or not, and that just really caught me off guard because nothing about me screams Caucasian. So I don't know where they're getting that impression from, but Actually, it has happened. In China, everyone's saying that I, I'm from Singapore. I was like, I look Singaporean? Really? Really? Yeah, Actually, do I look Singaporean? To be fair, if, if your name, if you're, if, if without your surname, it's, it, you could be Singaporean, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I think that's a privilege. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would consider it a privilege. You always are casually slip into the conversation of men. <laughs> of men. Yeah, um, we need to fight the patriarchy. <laughs> the male species. Ali, is there something you want to say? Yeah, <laughs> fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, say, say it to my face. <laughs> fuck the patriarchy, dude. <laughs> you can cut that out later. <laughs> cut everything out. Nothing's yeah, gonna yeah, be yeah. in this episode. <laughs> but like, now that we're on the topic of men, do you think... Um, oh my gosh, it's going to get me cancelled, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 so no. going to get cancelled. These are very basic, they're easy questions, they're light-hearted questions, yeah. you know. We're just having a light-hearted. fun, <laughs> fun, light-hearted right, shit-chat. Light-hearted <laughs> by the art history. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't take any offence, Lewis. Um, this is going to not be directed at Lewis, you. Lewis, go away. Go <laughs> <Call> out <laughs> Yeah, would you kindly step away for a two minutes? Girl talk. Um, but I mean, do you think men in Asia are different to men in Europe? Like, you know, when you, I, I don't know your experience with like with relationships or like with men from different culture, but I feel like there's definitely something we can learn from relationships. No, from dating men. <laughs> It's not a question. Point to Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, date I think we should every end day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, okay. Now, Yellas has just brought my highlighted the point that my 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 identity crisis here. Mm. So, like, would I categorize identity crisis? Oh, oh, oh. Am, am I a European man or am I an Asian Chinese man? You know, like. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel like there's definitely a difference between like a fully like when. You, not even just men, like people who full on grew up in Asia and then people who grew up in, you know, Western societies. I feel like it's just like the difference in culture. Like, as we said at the beginning, it's like 
introvert and extrovert kind of thing and then like maybe just like the way how the people interact with each other it's a bit different yeah, yeah. and then obviously us four are a bit of a chaotic mess so we <laughs> we kind of get along um but I, I don't know well we're directing this to male only yeah <laughs> maybe i don't know go on ale to be fair i just have not had much experience with men in general men i'm kind of scared of talking to men i think across i think am okay. i that scary no no you're an exception you're an exception a lot of other guys i'm not a man she's saying i'm not a man no i'm not saying you're not a man you're just better than some of them sorry better than the rest of them um <laughs> i think i think my experience with men is quite limited but generally i the male gaze is just something that scares me every time i talk to a guy i'm like how is this man perceiving me like what exactly is he paying attention to i think this is just regardless of whether they're caucasian or asian i just feel that way around men in general i it's not not necessarily sexualization but they're looking at very specific parts of your appearance and i feel that that i that gets paid attention to too much (laughs) i feel like asian men i don't know why they have this tendency of like they're really like paying actually you're right yes they really like paying even if like if you like if you turn around you slip them your money they'll take it yeah but like they want to be paying the full bill at the till and then you turn around and you slip them you're part of the money because like you, I feel bad. I, I do that. To be fair, on a day where I'm very broke, I would enjoy that very much and I appreciate it very much. Yeah, I think Asian. Yeah, I think Asian minds are. Uh, Asian people are just more traditional. So like, in, like part of the tradition, male takes in some some like aspect of jobs, which is a little close-minded and narrow-minded. That's just my opinion. So, do you think Asian men tend to be more patriotic? Patriotic for that too, but patriarchal. You guys should cue the Chinese national anthem for this. Sorry, I was saying. Um, so, do you think Asian men tend to be more patriarchal and more misogynistic then, or do you think it's the same across just all species of men? That's actually a really good question. I got you. Got to give me like two minutes to think about it. So, if you have any opinions before that, you can go ahead. Well, I feel like I feel like. Male in general, like, are like, more likely to subjectify women. Objectify, objectify sorry. <laughs> My English is a bit going because no, of uh, spending time in China. Um, it's all right, it's all right. Um, but no, I feel like, feel like there's more of a um, leeway for the westernized, like, western male to be, like, a little bit, uh, I don't know, sexually fluid. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. there's a higher chance of them being bisexual and they can probably see the woman's perspective in the society more than Asian guys. No offense, guys, but yes. I also think that, you know, like a general cultural difference is that in Asia, we're not necessarily so accepting of like, you know, premarital sex or any, or that kind of, you know, no, I wouldn't really call it behavior, but the disposition towards that's not necessarily the most positive. Whereas here in the UK, um, hooking up with people at the clubs is a lot more normalized here as compared to like in asia so that's also another big difference there i would say that would attribute to that actually when i was in asia for two months oh my god a few clubs and stuff right i do not see that i think like either the younger generation is slightly more open-minded now yeah that's true i I think that might be the case i think generally still like for our age group that it's still quite predominant like you know not being too open towards like casual sex that sort of thing depending I think it depends on where. Like the yeah. bigger cities in Asia, 
it's probably more accepting because people are like from international schools and got like the you know the other sources of information but like if you're like from like a little village or something it's more Singapore, traditional. the red dawn <laughs> island for sure it's very very mixed actually yeah. that's why it... um what about you z yeah. what are your perspectives perspectives that was a weird yeah. accent i don't really know what that was perspective <laughs> perspectives <laughs> well i don't know I, I think it came as a cultural shock when i first moved to birmingham and it was like i was nine years old and they started teaching us about sex and it was like a full-on video of like that's true yeah of like uh all the genitals and like i was only nine years old i did not understand a single word in english i saw the pictures and i got so confused i was like why are we spending a whole day on this thing and do you know what they're proceeding doing just show us the entire movie titanic (laughs) with with everything involved titanic titanic yeah for sex ed i i didn't get sex ed well i I didn't get titanic and then like after after that it was like the um I don't know if you guys saw the videos, like unconscious people don't want tea. The offering of, like, the gesture of offering tea to people as like sexual, uh, sex consent, like giving consents. Oh. Anybody else not seen that video? It's like yeah, conscious, not. only conscious know. people would want tea. Unconscious people, like drunk people, don't want tea and don't force people to drink tea because oh. people don't want to drink tea when you force them to drink tea. I've yeah. never actually seen that. It's really interesting. <laughs> I will find that video for you. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. I'm quite open-minded. I'm kind of mm. like I, I kind of just go with the flow of life. I mean, I I accept whatever my friends do. Like, it's their life and their choice. But like, I feel like back in Asia, it's kind of a different case. Like, if your friend is like, I feel like in Asia, if like you see your friend having casual sex, you'll be like, oh, this girl has a, such a fucked up private life. Like, <laughs> she doesn't take herself seriously. I think this applies to tattoos too. Yeah, oh, tattoos. Yeah. Dying your hair, everything, mm. just everything, just everything changing yourself. Yeah, I guess it's, uh, 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 sorry, a bit about like crowd mentality as well. Mm, yeah. So um, I feel like there's always a tendency to want to fit into a crowd and in, in, in Asian cultures. Um, I, actually, I'm just talking for, for China because <laughs> that's the culture I, I know best China. in. Um, yeah, and if you step outside of what's, you know, deemed acceptable in this culture, you're always seen as like an outcast. But, you know, when you put yourself in a completely different setting, like in, in Europe, it's completely normal. Um, and it's, I guess, yeah, a bit weird. I, I, about that. I think it's like, like in, in the Western world, um, people emphasize on like individualism, whereas, you know, Eastern world, Asian, they are more on family based and have taken account to family more than in individuals. I think something else I also experienced, like, you know, back home and here is that back home, because I went to like a semi-independent school, I didn't necessarily have the strongest Sing- Singaporean accent. If you guys have met Singaporeans, have much stronger <laughs> accents. You've met Ashley. Ashley's a really strong accent. I don't have accent. Okay, yeah, but so I didn't have the strongest accent. So back home, I'd be considered whitewashed pretty much because I don't have a very strong local accent but when I'm over here I'm very obviously Asian so I'm definitely it's a lot harder for me to find myself fitting in because I'm very obviously different whereas back home I'm not necessarily the most different appearance wise but in terms of like my the way I speak and everything it already sets me apart so in, in a way I there's there's I've always felt some sort of alienation to an extent but you know not it's to varying degrees mm-hmm. yeah so how how do you deal with that kind of alienation? Do you just 
go about your life. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I still have plenty of friends, I think. So mm-hmm. that's never really been a problem for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you talk to new people and they when they first perceive you, that's mm-hmm. what they think of you. And you're like, uh, okay, all right. It's a little awkward, it's but little, you kind of yeah. just move. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so we accept and we move on. Yeah, we accept, <laughs> we move. We live, laugh, love, and we move. <laughs> and everything. Yeah. We can talk a little bit about food. Asian food so oh, much better. So much better. Yes. Why is it so expensive here? I know. See, it's more expensive here and it's not as good here. It's because yeah. they, they consider this of Asian food as luxury. That's because it's so good. It's, it's a luxury. One thing I get a lot here is Singapore noodles. What the fuck is Singapore noodles? No Singaporean knows what Singapore noodles are. And in the dining hall, it's just really bland egg noodles with fried tofu. And the only good thing about it is the fried tofu. <laughs> like, it's a shame. Massive, massive shame. Well, you know, you know the, you know the, what is it, the signature dish of like the UK. One of it is curry. I know, and it was made in Scotland, wasn't it? I don't yeah, know, it was, but I'm like, it's the one. Yeah, I was so confused when people told me. I was like, how is that British? The Chinese takeaway in the UK is so like westernized. It's not even Chinese food. I'm getting colonization vibes again. I mean, <laughs> it's like the British interpretation of Chinese food of Indian. Okay. Um, anyways, <laughs> once again, we are out of time with um, with our episode. And thank you so much for Ali and Z for joining us. Thank you to our lovely hosts for letting me yap my mouth off. My gosh, I re- didn't realize how opinionated I was until today. <laughs> what? We love a good opinion. <laughs> Are you she, sure about she, that, Alex? She's getting cancelled. She's getting cancelled. <laughs> no, lovely to be on here and just talk for hours. No, yeah. uh, not even hours. Yeah. Just talk shy. Anyways. If you see me next time, tell me not to get too comfortable ever, okay? Yeah, same. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Remember, it's these diverse experiences and the voices of our guests that makes a sidetrack truly special. So until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep listening to our sidetrack episodes. Slay. Take care and bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>